Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. Welcome to a Griefcast bonus episode. Uh, we recorded a live show this week at Bart's Pathology Museum and we had such a... Br- That's my daughter in the background. <laughs> okay, okay, shh. Can we shush? I've got to do an introduction. Is that right? I'll be quick. We had such a brilliant and interesting chat with Dolly, Ahir and Grania and then the audience who had some amazing questions that we basically just didn't have time to squeeze it all in into one episode. So here is an extra bonus cheery death chat. If you haven't listened to the live episode yet, you might want to listen to that first as there's just some really great callbacks, guys. Don't want you to miss. Also, just while I have you here, I just want to say a huge thank you to you for listening to the show. It means so much. Genuinely, thank you, especially for all the tweets and Instagram comments and emails. If you want to get in touch, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast and you can email me thegriefcast at gmail.com. So here I am chatting all things death and grief with Dolly Alderton, Ahir Shah, Gwanya Maguire and the fantastic Griefcast audience. It starts with me repeating a question I was asked, just so that makes sense. Okay, I'm coming, I finished. So the question is, if you, if you didn't hear, I'll say again. So it's about being death positive, that in English culture and Western culture, there is a tradition of like kind of getting rid of the body quite quickly, calling the funeral director, putting it away. Whereas what we're talking about, having the body around, would that be helpful and help the process? I think massively, but the problem is, it depends on how you die. 
<laughs> obviously, if something <laughs> suspicious has happened or something like something awful, then sometimes your body has to be taken like away. If you've been squashed, or if you've been squashed, <laughs> if you stuck have your head <laughs> stuck in a cinema, seat. if you got your head stuck in a cinema seat, if you got oh, that's you don't want the cinema seat in the um, in the room with you. But yeah, my I was trying to remember what happened. To my dad, I think, because he died in the hospital, so we didn't. He didn't ever come home. The body never came home because it was like I think we were all a bit like, well. It seems a bit much of a journey. <laughs> like he could just go from hospital to morgue to undertakers. It seemed a bit unfair to be like, oh, you've got to pop home as well. Mm-hmm. And I think we were all a bit grew- like a bit like, well, I don't know if I want my dad in the living room. But I think if I'd grown up in a culture where that happened, it wouldn't have bothered me at all. It would have been fine. Um, and I do think they talk about this a lot um, with children who have, like, so when I say children, I mean kind of like under 16, that it's really important for them to see the dead body. And obviously the instinct is to protect the child and say, no, you don't have to go and see your mother or father. But apparently grief therapists now, grief psychologists recommend they should see it and they should touch it because that is part of the acceptance. And once you touch it, you can be like, oh, they've definitely died. Okay, that's now my brain can process that. And I think it's funny that you recommend that for children, but not for adults. Because yeah. I think adults as much need to... And I, I was with my dad when he died and I saw the dead body and I was able to sort of like touch it and be like, that's definitely dead. <laughs> And if you haven't seen it, I think it can be really confusing. Because if you haven't seen a dead body, a little, little fact for you guys, it really looks so fucking different. It doesn't look like someone's asleep, because that's what we're used to. Yeah, it, sometimes beautiful, sometimes peaceful, sometimes just empty. My dad was a very um, like active man, like literally never saw him still. So the biggest thing for me when he was lying in that hospital was like, he was just still. And I, I remember thinking, I've never actually seen him that still. <laughs> Not moving and talking and gesticulating. I don't know where I get it from. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think it would be great. What do you guys think? Any? Well, Gwanya, you're a big fan of the death positive movement, right? Big, big fan. So positive of death. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's, yeah, I do think it's nice because it sort of normalizes it. And it sort of makes it feel like it's just part of life. It's not some weird thing that happens. I think that's amazing. You saw your first dead body at six. I think that's incredible. I think like kind of that's what it probably used to be like. Mm -mm. And now we do kind of wrap them up and clean them and hide it. So you're probably pretty cool if you saw a dead body now. Listen, I'm so positive. I'm so comfortable with death. I die most nights. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. (laughs) On stage at comedy gigs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you're cool with it. You think, or maybe you're not because you were unhappy about the Irish people doing it. Well, I don't don't think it necessarily has to be like the celebratory tone around it, but I think that the... We're not celebrating, yay, they're dead. It's it's a celebrating of life, I guess, right? But uh, I certainly think that there's something in the um, having the people or having the body in the house uh, and what have you. And when you touch on it, like, and you... I was just remembering when you were talking about just like of how cold, uh, oh, so cold. a human yeah. becomes and considering so much of the way we organize society is to distance ourselves from the reality of our stuff as a finite animal uh, it can be useful and also just to like actually excise whatever emotion needs to be excised in yeah. that situation be that a celebration of a life or I remember just in this thing about my uh, uncle who passed away again 10 years ago, just the sound of his brother just like visceral, like it was the most visceral howl of. Yeah. Uh, they sound like people sound like wounded animals when like, they're crying. Yeah, for them. Because yeah. that's what we are. We yeah. are wounded animals when that uh, happens. And I think it's worth, it's worth remembering that uh, and not just being like, 
Uh, let's put this to the next stage in the market economy that has grown up to yeah. deal with this detritus of what once was a person. But let's and it's because in the in Ireland when we have a wake, it's not like it becomes like a big. <laughs> Go on, you say to defend wakes. No, great idea. No, but what it's, it becomes like a real community thing. Yeah. So it's like a big like uh, like your neighbours will come around with like sandwiches and toilet roll and oh. tea and stuff like that. Like becomes like like the community sort of like is very supportive. I do feel like the, you do it right. Like yeah. this, it does sound like yeah. I do. I just really want that to be like a sitcom of like my family living next door to your family, and there's just been a death or something, and it's like you come around with toilet roll, and my parents are like, "The fuck are you doing? <laughs> You'll need this. Yeah. You'll have so, so many." You guys visitors. gotta be shitting constantly. So you. <laughs> I think toilet was an amazing because I always say like bring food, bring biscuits to someone because they're going to have so many visitors. But to- they will toilet have visitors. So they need toilet roll. It's very thoughtful. <laughs> it does make practical sense. It makes a lot of practical sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, any other questions at all? Any other questions? Go on. Yeah, there's one over here. Oh, we've got a mic now. Thank you, Stephen Meyer. Hello. Hello. Oh, thank you. I went to see Julia Samuel. Oh, yes. Big fan, big fan of Julia Samuel. Uh, I went to see her do a talk the other day. She was talking about how um, in the Victorian era, um, well, Queen Victoria, um, kind of made death sort of fashionable. Yeah. Um, you know, wearing, you know, being widowed at such a young age and wearing black for the rest of her life. And Julia was saying how when the First World War hit, so to speak, and so many really interesting so if you don't julia samuels is a grief psychotherapist who wrote a book called grief works if you listen to the show you'll know she did an episode and i'm obsessed with her because i think her book is so clear about what grief actually is and how it works it's absolutely brilliant and i've talked about the show before like when my mum lost her um her granny and granddad when she was a child they went to school with black armbands Mm -hmm. and everybody knew you've lost someone and I think that is like the saddest thing that that doesn't exist anymore because I would have loved a black armband I would have moaned about it and I would have been like "Uh," but just to have that badge of like be careful like I'm not in a great place I also think we need like a red one for PMT and like a blue one for like it's a bit tight money wise don't ask me to split the bill (laughs) it'd be great but like definitely to like and I agree with you that idea of the Victorian era was much more accepting but this is the problem, the problem. Here we are in this amazing building of medicine. The better medicine gets, 
the less people experience death. And like you said, you've only lost, you know, your, fr- your friend's sister, but, but up until that point in terms of family, which if you think 60 years ago, just never would have happened. And I'm sort of like a weird anomaly that I lost my dad when I was 15. And so it seems like, oh, that's, oh, that's odd because it doesn't happen so much. But actually, what I think is strange is medicine is getting better, so death isn't as around as much. But like this show, and when we talk about it, it most people have experienced something, even if it's not, like you said, it's, <clears throat> it's your friend's sister, but you were still deeply affected by it. I think there's such a culture of being afraid to be upset. That's actually what I think the problem is. It's like, I don't want to upset you. I don't want you to be upset. I don't want to be the, the like augur of your pain. And so we, we just try and not talk about things because it's all this idea of like, of being upset is the worst thing that can happen. And I think the more we can be like, it's okay to be upset. Like that's what I, I mean, that's, all my therapy is about it's like it's okay to be upset like it's okay to cry about it with your friends and your friends but I think that when people when friends are rubbish it's because they're like oh she's upset therefore I must fix it I must fix it and trying to get past that and accept like no I'm you're not you're not going to bring them back you will not make me feel better I just need you to like just be there for a second but I just don't think people know that's all they've got to do I think they feel they have to do something else. I think that's like, and hopefully, yes, the more we talk about it, the more we say, just be there, just hold my hand and don't say anything. Mm. But it's so hard. I mean, did you feel that with your friend when she was going through it? Did you feel like, oh God, I don't know what yeah, to say? Yeah, I think to be honest, the, out of my group of friends, the, the first kind of tragedy in, in the closest, in, within my kind of closest group happened when we were 23. And my friend Lacey, her father just dropped dead out of nowhere. And I look back now on that time comparing it to how we all rallied around yeah. Farley when she lost her sister Florence. And it was so different because I think um, you learn about it. The only way you can learn about it really is on the job, I think. And actually what I realised from the mistakes that I made with Lacey is I think I really shied away from, I didn't want to upset her. Yeah. I wanted there to be like a clear cut. I wanted to moralise the death. And it's like, oh, well at least you've got a lovely father and you have great memories. Or, you know, like, like this kind of brusque yeah. trying to make As things... As if there's something that's positive. It's yeah. like, he's dead, it's shit. Yeah, and it's trying shit. to create some sort of shape and order that makes sense. And she was a mess and their life was a mess. And actually, something that I realised with Farley is that, like, as you said, it's okay to be upset. Like, something that I would say to her is like, this is awful. This is awful what has happened to you. Sorry, I'm getting upset talking about it. You know, no one deserves... This is so, so bad. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry this happened. And I think I didn't... It took me a while to get there. And now I realise that that's so... That's such a comforting thing that you can say. So I'm obviously going to want to be like a Debbie Downer. You want to going on <laughs> and on about it. But no, but just, just that someone, recognition yeah, of someone... Someone to acknowledge is shit. Is a, like, yeah. When someone says it to you, do you think, oh, yeah, it is shit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think that it's, it's giving you permission, isn't it? It's saying, you're allowed... Definitely. This is a space where you can just be like, we don't need to find the moral of the story. We don't need to find the structure in this. We can, or the, we can end, the magic ending, which makes it okay. Yeah. There isn't one. And yeah. we look back now when we talk about... I mean, the day after Lacey's father died... We laugh about this now, but we all sat round in her conservatory and we were like all sharing stories about him in a sort of very quiet way. And Farley just out of nowhere said, oh, I just keep thinking about his, his lovely big hands and his, his lovely big smile. And Lacey just looked at her and went, he wasn't a minstrel. <laughs> and it was like, she, she just desperately wanted to like fill the space with yeah. positivity. 
Um, so I think you just, I think the more, you, I think it just gets better as you get older, basically. I think you just understand how to navigate it better. I think I'll be much better equipped to support people in yeah. another 10 years' time. I, think, I don't know if it's older. I think it's just experience. It's just like yeah. the more deaths you encounter, the more... It's like buying houses or having children, like going yeah. to university. Like you just go, oh, I get it. I get it. Well, I, I think that you're absolutely right on the, like, learning on the job. And yeah. that yeah. is the horror of it, right? Like probably the time that you need to be the best at it is going to be the time that you're the worst at it because yeah. it's the first time yeah. you're going through it. Exactly. It's difficult. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's this, like, I know I always bang about this in the podcast. It's the same as having a baby. Like, the first, like, I'm on my first baby, and the first year is just you being like, what the fuck? This is fucking impossible. And it reminds me so much of grief. It's just, you just somehow have to get through it. And I guess the only thing I can offer is, like, if you have the strength to tell your friends what to do, which is really hard and it's taken me years. But if you eventually find the strength to be like, oh, by the way, this is helpful. But it yeah. ta- that's not your job at all. But it's the only way I can think that we can somehow change it. Thank you for listening to our first bonus episode. I'm hoping to do more live shows. If you want to find out about them, please do subscribe to the podcast or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at The Griefcast. Um, As ever, please do rate and review if you enjoyed it. It helps other people find the show, which means I can keep making more. Music was provided by The Glow Ensemble and the show was edited by Kate Holland with thanks to Whistledown Studios. And remember, you are not alone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.